I'm Asmodeus, from the Strange and Unusual podcast, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. This is always Zuby, and tonight we're going to be discussing some magic as well as some other topics. But first, let's get some ads out of the way. Well, hey there, Zoe. Why the long face there, chum? I just want to order some magic cards, but the shipping was too expensive. Too expensive? Well, did you know if you go to LegitMTG.com, you can order any magic cards, and anything over $2 or more has free shipping. Wow, free shipping at LegitMTG.com. That's amazing. You heard that right, Zoe. Free shipping at LegitMTG.com with any order over $2 or more. Be sure to visit today and get the best deal on magic singles and magic sealed product available. So your father's a nerd. Unfortunately, there's no player's guide to raising a family. But this podcast is meant to be a family's guide to nerdism. Join us, Alec and Zuby, as we go in depth as to what it's like to raising a family of nerdlings and the adventures and hardships of fatherhood. We dive deep into our favorite nerd topics and talk to you about how it's related to raising a family. You can find So Your Father's a Nerd on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Alright, so if you haven't seen my little quote-unquote announcement or whatever on Twitter, I have stopped my Patreon page. I'm freezing it for right now, and then I'm going to be canceling it completely. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to go back to it. I may or may not in the future. I just feel, since I've been asked a couple times, I just feel it is not doing what I want it to do, and I don't honestly need it right now. Would it be awesome if more people have joined in? Yeah, sure, of course. But right now, it's just not really going anywhere, not really doing what I want it to do, and so it's just instead of wasting people's time and having to plug it all the time. And also I feel like I'm kind of wasting the two patrons who thank you very much for remaining very loyal to it. I've appreciated it a lot instead of kind of wasting their money. And it's just sort of, you know, I'm just going to stop it. Um, podcast is always going to remain free. Of course, it's never going to be behind any kind of paywall ever. Um, and I'm not going to ever kind of, go on here and beg you guys for money or anything like that. I'm not going to beg you guys to ever want a dollar or anything like that. If it ever gets to a point where this podcast becomes bigger than itself and you know, I well, one, it'll never take over my day job. First of all, period. Uh, but you know, I, I'm never going to, even if I were to bring the Patreon back, it's, like I said, I'm not going to beg you guys for any kind of money, you know, try to make you absolve any absolution for listening to ads or anything like that. You know, none of that. Like I said, no, no, if I, if I ever do an early episode besides my weekly one, you know, I'll just put it out right away. I don't care. I'm not going to put it behind patron posts or anything like that. So, 
Um, like I said, just wasn't doing anything. And you know what? I don't really need it in the long run here. So, and I feel like this podcast, I, I'm just going to keep doing this podcast the way I want to do it. So, uh, still with legitmtg.com. Lo- love that site. Love them. Uh, you know, so that's not that's not ending anytime soon. At least I hope not. <laughs> so, like I said, love that site. Uh, no qualms with them at all. Another thing I'm also going to be doing is trying to stay off social media. Uh, especially after my last episode, we're talking about some magic controversies. Uh, it's been really apparent and even sort of talking to my wife about this where I just feel I just need to get off social media because it's sort of damaging my mental well-being where, you know, really, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, just go in and listen to it. It's not that long. Um, I think I start talking about the controversies maybe around 14, 15 minutes in and, um, yeah, just talking about how people grandstanding, proselytizing and, yeah, the past couple days, it was just, it feels like it gets worse every time there's some stupid little fucking controversy. Yeah, I'm going to sound a little harsh here, and you know what? I don't care. It's it's to the point where I'm just sick of it. I don't, it, what goes on on Twitter and social media and Reddit and all that crap basically pushes me away to where I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with this community, and that sucks. You know, yeah. Can I limit how I view it? Of course I can block people and, you know, mute them, do whatever. Of course I can do that. Sure. And, you know, there's always going to be the shitheads of communities and all that. But what drove me crazy, I think what drove me to the edge was, so there was that Manchester bombing that happened in UK. And I'm not even going to mention the person's name. They don't deserve that. And I'm not even going to mention any of the names of the people who did what I'm about to say because they honestly don't deserve that as well. Um, and so some dumbass made a really poor comment on social media about the Manchester bombing. And, of course, what does everyone do? They just, instead of talking about the actual event, they're giving this asshole you know, publicity, whether it be good or bad, giving exactly what they want because they made this comment and they're just basically grandstanding, proselytizing people saying, Hey, we all need to get together and, you know, ignore him, block him. We need to get him fired from his job and all this other crap. And I'm just, and while, while I in no way agree with what this person said, which is sad I even have to fucking say that to begin with, and it's just it's just really apparent that I, I guess I guess it also kind of showed me the integrity of a lot of these people too, that they care more about what someone said than actually than more than what the events that transpired over in Manchester. And it just went to show me like Okay, yeah, I get it. This person, he said something bad. Just fucking block him and move on with it. Who cares? Why give attention to it? That is the thing that pisses me off the most about it. And yeah, granted, I, I recognize the hypocrisy here. I'm giving attention to it, okay? Yes, blah, blah, blah. I understand that, okay? 
but you're giving attention to this when it's like it's more important to talk about the tragedy of what happened and to discuss the families that have been torn asunder all of a just it's so fucking tragic as to what happened yet no, notable people in the magic community just went on and decided to start a crusade whereas oh we need to we, i can't believe this guy blah 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 and it's just it's just you, you, he's ba- this person who made the comment is basically winning he's winning right now even though it was a shithead comment even though the publicity is bad he's winning you fell into his game good job gg well played will not play again and it's just to that point where I'm just like, you know, it's I'm sick of it. And, and you know, that that's just one point. That's just one, um, I guess, one example for this whole fucking magic non-troversy bullshit that it and it's just I'm tired of it. I, I'm really tired of it. And I think it's bad for the show. It's bad for my own personal sanity. And it's pretty much making me not want to be a part of this community because I see this crap and it's just, you know, what's the fucking point? Why can't we just get on here and just talk cards? You know, why does everything have to be so fucking volatile? Why does there always have to be some non-traversy that pops up after every major tournament and people having to tell others how to act and react and shaming people all right and and that that's just what gets under my skin so much and you know what maybe i'm not alone in this i don't know maybe i am alone in this who knows you know and people will just don't either say anything or they just ignore it and i'm just talking about it now because it's i need to get it off my chest and you know after last week's episode i did have a lot of good feedback off it and for everybody that commented on it, you know, sent me messages and all that. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. And it's just, it's like, it's like I almost, it's not that I have to, but it's almost like I need to do another episode on this after last week's. And it's just, holy shit, it's, it's, it's happening all over again. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm definitely going to be staying off Twitter more. You're all the most, the majority of the tweets you will see from Magic Wazoobie are going to be scheduled tweets, automatic tweets. And like I said, I will still try and respond to messages when and if I get them. And it's where I'm just, I need to stay off it. it. It's really bad for me personally. And it's, it's making me hate the game. I love so much. You know, and it's it's kind of sad that the way I, I don't know, I, I don't even really know what to say after all that. It's 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 frustrating. And, you know, my way of dealing with it is I need to I need to get away from social media and hopefully I can provide a better show for all you. And like I said, the Patreon that has nothing to do with wanting to stay off social media or anything that has more to do with, you know, I feel kind of bad that I feel like I'm wasting people's time and money for that where, 
you know, this show is always going to remain free. I'm never going to beg people for money or beg for a dollar or anything like that. If there's something I can't do or that I need to do, um, you know, I'll just save up for it, do what I can. And, you know, we'll just take it from there. You, you know, there are some future goals that I have in mind for the show. I do want to start going to Grand Prix or even big opens, big tournaments and do some remote podcast, maybe like a quote unquote live podcast and, uh, you know, give that a shot. It's just more of a time thing. My job takes up a lot of my time and not, not even, not even talking about my family. My family takes up a lot of time too. And that's time very well spent. That's not nothing. I'm trying to, you know, say bad about that. And yeah, so that was my little rant on that. And if I completely lost you, sorry for anybody still listening. Um, we're going to talk about some magic video games in a moment here. Hello, my name is Jace Bellerin. And this is Inside the Planeswalkers Studio. Today we have with us Tybalt. Welcome, Tybalt. Ah, yes. Glad to be on, Jace. Let's start it off. What is your favorite color? Well, I've always been partial to red, if you couldn't tell. (laughs) No, you're lying. Your favorite color is actually purple. So on April 1997, a little company called Microprose, designed by a little-known designer called Sid Meier, which I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's made some pretty decent games. Uh, One called Civilization, and wasn't there another really decent one that he made? Oh, oh, that's right, that's right. He's, He's one of the creators of one of my favorite video games on the Nintendo, and that's Pirates. Pirates is so much fun. If you've never played Pirates on Nintendo, and I think it came out on the PC and Macintosh and Commodore 64 and all that, definitely play it. You basically start off as a no-name pirate, and you go... it It's it's basically like a really sandbox game, and it came out in... When did it come out? 1987. So good. Um, but anyways... So back in April 1997, Sid Meier, a little well-known developer, created a game called Magic the Gathering, and it's commonly known as Magic the Gathering Chandelier. And this came out on the PC only, on Windows 95. And I gotta say, if you never played this game before, it's a really good game. It's it's a lot of fun, surprisingly, even to this day. I had a lot of fun. Uh, basically, you start off... I, I don't know the whole story, um, and I haven't beaten it yet. I haven't even played it past couple weeks, but I, I mainly played it because I've heard so many good things about it. But basically, you, you choose... Oh, God, what is it? You choose your difficulty. I even put it on easy, and the game is still hard. Holy crap. So that tells you a lot. And... Um, so you choose a color, 
you choose one of the five colors and then you create your wizard male female um they've got a, they've got a decent amount of choices and basically the wizard is really your avatar because from what it looked like to me no matter what you choose the little character on your world map looks the same no matter what and um and you start off with a very basic i think it's a 30 or 40 card deck depending on what color you chose and so what's really cool about it is you know you can there i mean you can of course get more cards to make your deck better uh, but it's all from cards from 1997 and below so from alpha to whatever set was out at 1997 or maybe even before then because i don't know how long it took them to even build it and there are some cards in in the game that are only that were made specifically for this game but it's few and far between and um it's what's cool is you know they have the power nine the dual lands uh, and it looks like there's a lot of quests you can do. You can find random cards on the side of the road. Your quote-unquote random battles that you would do in an RPG are, are you're dueling someone on the road. And there's, there's a lot of old mechanics in the game, too. They have banding, anti, mana burn. I, I was really shocked at the mana burn when I first uh, played the game. And... Um, it, it kind of threw me off for a loop there, you know, because I, oh God, I don't remember what card it was, but I was paying for something, but I had overgrowth on one of my lands. So I had, you know, tap two mana and I guess I tapped too much and took one point of mana burn and just thought, what the heck is this crap? And, um, it, it's, it's, I definitely recommend the game. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes for the game. And it's uh, it's completely free now. It even works on Windows 10. There is some issues, like for instance, whenever I try using the mouse on the main menu that first pops up, I would it the screen the resolution gets a little bit too crazy. But if I use the keyboard instead, the resolution stays fine. So there there are some little bugs and quirks for it. So when you first start off the game, you're smack dab in the middle of nowhere and there's little towns you can go to where you can either get quests from NPCs and there'll be a quest of, oh, you know, you need to go stop this evil wizard or, or you know, there'll be stupid fetch quests and the rewards are usually some gold and some cards and then you can go to towns and you can buy certain cards there as well too. Um, the controls are not the easiest to get around. Uh, you'd have to really look up some keyboard shortcut guides. That'll definitely help you out. As far as fun factor is involved with Magic Chandelier, if you like playing Magic, you'll love this game. It's it is the the layout of the actual game when you're dueling someone in the cards. It's, it's a bit antiquated. Tapping land isn't always the easiest thing to do, but going through the phases of the game, you know, main phase, attack phase. Second main, it's super easy and quick. Uh, you know, I mean, the, it does lead for a lot of chances for misclicking sometimes. But, I mean, for a game that old, it's it's not surprising, honestly. And um, it is definitely fun. There's You can go explore caves. There's castles you can go to to defeat the 
the lord of the castle or whatever and you get to you know walk around their castle and quote unquote fight their minions aka you duel them there there is it is a bit tough though at first if you don't have a pretty decent deck and like i mentioned before the way you get better cards is either by beating people with and whatever they give up for ante or you find cards or buy cards and um and i think you can have up to 3 decks i think if i remember correctly and you you, you don't have any sideboard it's basically when you when you fight someone or duel them it's one game that's it there's no there's no second game or anything like that and you do start off at 10 life which that's pretty crazy as well too because that it is pretty low i mean i've had some fights where i'll go up against and the person starts off with 4 life and i'm thinking oh okay this will be quick and then you realize oh crap the creatures back then are pretty bad you know, you really you really forget a lot of how old school magic worked back then. Even though I was a kid at the time, you know, when Urza Saga came out, it's you you just you look at the quality of creatures we have now versus back then and you forget how bad it was. Um the control and gameplay, like I mentioned before, the the controls are a little bit tricky. You definitely should look up keyboard shortcuts. For they don't tell you in game how to. It it took me a while just to learn how to buy a card in the shop. You have to, I think, click on the card with your mouse and then hit Y for yes or something like that, or right click it and hit space. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, it took me a while just to learn how to buy a card. And there's, as as far as other gameplay is concerned, there can be maybe maybe not. Maybe not too many random battles, but since some random battles can take a while, like maybe 10, 15 minutes because you guys are in a stalemate, uh, that can get a little exhausting sometimes. And I also don't like the gameplay addition of having to worry about how much food you have, because as you're walking around, you know, it'll days will pass when you're walking from town to town. And then there's a little counter for how much food you have and it'll deplete. And then you have to go back to a town and go to an inn and buy some food. Uh, I haven't run into many issues with food, but it is just one more thing that you have to really pay attention to. So that is kind of annoying. Uh, other things, uh, graphics. I mean, this is game from 1997 on the computer. It, the graphics aren't that great, and they're never going to be that great. Uh, but, I mean, they're bearable. If, if you're really a graphics snob, you know, this game probably isn't for you. I mean, you're playing Magic the Gathering, and if you're used to Magic the Gathering online, this will probably look way better than MTGO. Yeah. It just goes to show MTGO looks like crap. But anyways, um, as far as replayability is concerned, even though I haven't beaten the game yet, I can definitely see a lot of replayability just from starting out and choosing a different color. Uh, I've chosen green to start off with, and that seemed to be at least the best for me personally because I can sort of ramp up to a quote-unquote big creature or one of my favorite cards I got was Killer Bees where I got to boost that up and and flying is very good in this game, by the way. So overall, I'd probably rate Magic Chandelier... Mm, I don't know, if I had to rate it out of 10, I'd probably give it a good 6 out of 10. Um, whereas... 
it's definitely a really fun game. And it, I mean, it's free now. I, I don't even know if you can, can you even buy it? I mean, I'm sure there's places where you can buy it, you know, Amazon, secondhand, eBay and all that crap. But I mean, it does suffer from a little bit of antiquated controls and just antiquated usability due to, you know, I mean, if you're running a VM of Windows 95, 98, I'm sure it'll work just fine. It does work on Windows 10, but there are some bugs with it, and that's to be expected. Uh, it is a fun game, but it's, like I said, it's a bit antiquated in terms of th this is all the old magic rules, so s some of it won't translate well for newer players or, or newer magic players, and they try to go back to this. They're going to be like, oh, this sucks. You know, I want my Archangel Avacyn. I want my Ulamog and all that stuff. So there's that. So like I said, a 6 out of 10. It It's a good game. I enjoyed it. Gideon Jura here. This may not be the most glamorous job, but someone's got to do it. Copy that. On it. Sir, you can't park that vehicle here. It's in a non-parking zone. Yeah, and who are you? Write me a ticket for all I care, you meet a maid. <sighs> like I said, someone's got to do it. Another game I am going to discuss here is Magic Duels. Uh, I do want to also revo review the other Duels of the Planeswalker games. I think 2012 all the way up to 2015. But for now, we're just going to do the Magic Duels game that has been out since Magic Origins came out. And, you know, it is one of the more popular games to recommend for newer players because it teaches a lot of the basic rules of Magic. Uh, the fun factor of it is it's it's a fun game. It does what it does really well is teaching the core rules of Magic the Gathering. It doesn't get too deep on the stack. It doesn't get too deep on certain interactions. Um, you're you're not going to be able to play modern level or legacy level type decks on here. I mean, there's even you can't even play some standard decks on here because they don't include all the cards from each set. All the sets on here are from Origins and up, all the way up to Amonkhet. And they don't include every single card, probably for, mainly for programming purposes, probably. And um, But what is cool about it is they do have a nice campaign. And the campaign, while I would say is not anywhere near as fun as Chandelar, where you get to, you know, roam around a world and, you know, talk with people, it's just more of a... It's more like a storyboard type campaign where you see a picture of an event with some text and then you go into a game of magic with a pre-built deck. So you don't even really get to edit your deck or anything like that in the campaign. But it is a cool, nice little way to really know, hey, this is kind of what happened in this block in Origins and Zendikar and all that stuff. 
And the control and gameplay of it is compared to Chandelar is much better um, as it is on its own. There, it is fast paced enough for Magic compared to Magic the Gathering Online, um, and it looks really nice as well. Uh, controls it controls very similarly to Hearthstone, and oh yeah, this game's also available on the phone as well on Android and iPhone. Or no, I think it's only on iPhone, right? And Xbox, which is weird. Why isn't on PS4 or Android? Eh, well, whatever. But um, like I say, it, it, it controls pretty easily. It's just more drag and drop type stuff. And uh, there there is a bit of annoyance when you want to respond to something. You can't always play an instant when you want to play an instant, per se, if that kind of makes sense. And you there's always a little, like, five second clock for uh for if you want to respond to a trigger or an ability or to a card and i mean and if you look away for one second like oh crap i didn't respond fast enough that sucks too um and it is cool you can play completely free to play uh, you can grind for gold in order to unlock booster packs and what is cool what i do like is you'll have a little meter for each set. So say you start off brand new and you want to start collecting origins cards, magic origins. It'll there's like a little meter of how many what percentage of origins cards you have. So you start off and like oh you're up to 5%. Okay, you buy a booster and it'll unlock it up to 10% just to say. So as soon as when you get 100%, you can no longer buy boosters of that set. Because you have all the cards and you'd basically be wasting money. Uh, which I do like that. That you can work up to getting the gold to um, buy boosters and unlock those cards. And boom, you're done forever with that set. And uh, I mean, you can buy gold with real money. And the way you can get gold is by grinding against the computer with with a deck or doing campaign missions or there's daily quests too where oh you got to beat someone with a black green deck or you know produce so many one one counters like if you're familiar with the way hearthstone does their questing system magic duels is very very similar if not basically the same and uh what else oh and there's versus matches too or ladder matches ranked matches whatever you want to call them that you can get gold for as well uh, the one thing I don't like is it kind of limits you on how much gold you can get per day. I think you can only get 400 gold a day, which that does kind of stink if you're in a, you know, say you want to grind gold out for a long while and, oh, you reached your cap. Okay, come back again tomorrow. That's kind of lame. That sucks. Uh, graphics of the game, they look they look pretty good. Uh, if I had to compare it to Magic Online, it blows it out of the water. Uh, I mean... I don't really have much else to say. There there are cutscenes during some of the campaigns, and they look terrible. But, eh, I mean, what do you expect? Uh, the replayability of it? Um, I mean, since there are versus matches, and since any every time a new set comes out in, on paper, uh, the a new set will come out on online. So th that makes it fun. So you can always collect more cards and... You know, and since since the there is deck building restrictions, I forgot to mention that you can have four of any common, 
so you can have four of a common, three of an uncommon, two of a rare, and one of a mythic. So you can't just, you know, put in like four Gideon ally of Zendikar in there. And um, so that does kind of make it not so much exactly like magic, uh, like paper magic. And it kind of stinks, but it does come up. It does make you try to come up with some interesting creative decks sometimes in the game. Uh, one of my favorite decks was Black Green Elves, but I think they nerfed it. They got rid of some of the elves in the in the deck, and it's just not as good as it was. And I don't even remember the la- what the last thing I was playing before I stopped playing. I stopped playing. Um, I think shortly after Kaladesh came out, but you know I- I'll still I'll still log in every time a new set comes out and at least do the campaign for it at least. So because that that's still pretty fun. I still enjoy doing that at least. Um, but there is definitely a lot of replayability with them releasing new sets. Um, I don't know what the future of the game is going to look like if, whenever we find out what Magic Digital Next is. So, who knows what it may be like. Uh, so those are the two games I want to talk about for this episode. And, um, yeah, just Chandelier and Duels. I do plan on talking about Puzzle Quest, which is just a mobile-only game. And then all the Duels of the Planeswalkers games. And also, yeah, yeah, because those are the only video games I can think of. If I'm missing some, just let me know. Um, send me a message at mtgzubi at gmail.com. So if you liked what you heard, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at MagicWithZubi. Uh, Facebook.com slash MagicWithZubi as well. And all right, guys, thanks for listening. All right, have a great night.